Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman. Welcome to Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host of an hour, totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals, but providing strategies you can implement immediately. Our guest today is Elizabeth Saunders. We asked Elizabeth to join us today because so many of you have shared the stress you are experiencing, the feelings of being overwhelmed. Elizabeth and I, just before we got started, we're talking about the fact that with COVID-19, we're teachers, we're working at home, we're running a house, there's just no separation. And so it's, it's not surprising we're feeling overwhelmed, but we want to try and figure out if there's strategies that we can use to um, deal with that. So I want to just dive right into the topic of time management and see if we can make things a little bit less overwhelming for you. So please welcome our guest, Elizabeth Sanders. Welcome, Elizabeth. We're so glad to have you on the show this morning. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Elizabeth, can you share with our listeners a little bit about your background, how you got to where you are today? I'd be happy to do so. So I'm a time management coach, but how I got there was uh, an interesting path. So I started out actually in magazine journalism. So I worked full time in home decorating magazines and then transitioned into owning a freelance business where I did writing, editing and photo styling for about 50 magazines around the country. And I really enjoyed what I did, but I had no work-life balance. So I'd work at night, I'd work on the weekends. There was no time when I felt like I could stop working without feeling guilty. And I was okay with that for the first few years because I was just excited that I had a successful business and that it was going well. But then after a couple of years of that, I was like, enough is enough. I don't care if I seem successful, if I can never relax without feeling guilty. This does not feel like success. So I started to figure out how to not work at night, not work on the weekends, set boundaries, plan my days better, um, set parameters for myself. And I was able to successfully transition to not working at night, not working on the weekends and having a lot better balance. And it was actually my entrepreneur friends that came up with the idea of me starting a time management coaching business. I never intended to be a coach But they're like, Elizabeth, we have very successful businesses, but we're stressed out all the time. You should help other people. And so I began doing that in 2009. So it's been a little little over 12 years since I started doing time management coaching. And that has grown into the main thing that I do. Thank you for sharing, because it's so nice for us to know that other people are experiencing what we're experiencing and have figured out a way of getting out of that. And exciting that you became a time management coach. And that might be a a new term or concept to our listeners. So can you tell us a little bit about what a time management coach does? Absolutely. I can at least share it within my context. I can't necessarily guarantee I know what every time management coach does. But in my context, I work with individuals who many of them kind of know what to do, but they're just not doing it. Like they know, oh, I'm supposed to plan or I'm supposed to prioritize or all those things, but it's like a nebulous concept in their brain or it's not even nebulous, they're just not doing it. And so people like that come to me and I work with individuals for three to six months. I have one-on-one coaching as well as group coaching programs. And during that time, what's happening is we're figuring out what should be in your schedule? Like, for example, are you just way overcommitted and that's why you're so stressed out? And then we're working together on implementing what needs to get done in your schedule. So, for example, meeting either two times a month or three times a month, talking through, well, what does it look like to plan? When are you going to plan? What's standing in the way of you planning? And then having accountability around that throughout the time of working together. So a lot of it is around implementation and having that support either through calls or through emails. So you're actually making a priority to do what you said you wanted to do. That is fantastic. So you help folks identify their issues, help them work through, you're there, you're their support. So let's just imagine one of those um, clients who's called you feeling totally overwhelmed. What is the first step in, in working with, with the client that has just come to you and said, this is it, you know, right, right. yeah, exactly. So for example, if they were going to do one-on-one coaching with me, the first step would be evaluating everything that's in their schedule. Either that is 
literally in their schedule or that they think should be in their schedule, so their expectations. And the reason we do this and the reason why I set out an initial weekly schedule is that some people feel terrible because they have completely unrealistic expectations about what they can do. They think they can work full time, do remote schooling with their kids, train for an Ironman, redecorate their entire house, volunteer in five organizations, and also like make homemade dinner every night. And it just doesn't work. And so we have to start out by stepping back and saying, what's actually realistic? What can fit in or what can't fit in? And at the same time, stepping back and saying, what's taking lots of your time and is it actually worth your time? Because sometimes people are legitimately overloaded, but other times, especially with this remote working environment, people are on their phones a lot on social media or they're reading a lot of articles or they're watching a lot of Netflix or YouTube and it's just because they're bored of being home all the time and things like that could be taking hours and hours of your life and causing you to be very overwhelmed. We had a little conversation about how people react to um being overwhelmed. And I thought if you share that with our uh, um, listeners, they can go, oh, that's me or that's me. So absolutely, one of the two reactions to being sure. overwhelmed? So some people who are overwhelmed just try to get more and more done. So they go faster and faster, try to fit more and more in. And in those situations, they come to me and they're feeling burnt out because they're not getting enough sleep, not taking breaks, never feel like they can rest. And then other people, when they feel overwhelmed, shut down. So when they feel so overwhelmed, they know there's so much to do, and instead of doing something about it, they end up sitting there watching Netflix or looking at social media or reading a ton of articles. And so those are basically the two categories that people tend to fall into. We have either our over-responders that go into hyperdrive and are doing way too much, or under-responders who go into hibernation and feel terrible because they just keep getting further and further behind. And I'm glad you shared that because I think the people who are burning themselves out get a lot of um, feedback on, oh, you know, you're working so hard, that's great. Whereas those who are sort of just, you know, sitting on that couch watching TV and all of that are, you know, are are criticized. And yet both folks are dealing with the same issue, just a different manifestation of it. Yeah, just a different response to it. So it's kind of a lot of times psychologically hardwired that some people it's like, fight or flight or freeze (laughs) and so some people it's the freeze response some people it's the you know fight or flight like getting overreactive neither one is healthy um so we want a more measured approach okay but i just like for those of you that are sitting out there beating yourself up because you just can't get it done and you just you know veg out you're on you're checking your phone all the time it's okay you know it's just that you're at a point where you need some help you need to Mm -hmm look at some time management issues because it's not that you're not productive. It's just that you're in a situation where you've stopped being able to be productive. And I say that because I know there's socially um, that people are criticized all the time for you're not getting anything done. Whereas they're reinforced for, Oh, you're you know basically killing yourself on the job. Neither of them is healthy. And, and I, I'm excited that we can talk about how, both those groups finding some, um, strategies and answers. So um, let's go back to the fact that one of the first things you do is you have somebody sit down and just map out their entire entire week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, if it's one-on-one coaching, then we talk through what's in their schedule and I actually map out their entire week for them. So I take care of it. If it's group coaching, then yes, we talk through how they're going to map out their week and then they lay it out. Okay. My thinking is that a lot of people will put down, you know, like maybe their job hours and stuff, but you're really talking about all of the hours you spend every day and how you spend them, right? Exactly. Everything from when you get up, what do you do when you get up? Do you exercise? Do you feed the dog? Do you do prayer or meditation? Um, Your commute, what do you do on your commute? What do you have after work? What are you doing on the weekend? So yes, every single part of your schedule we include in that. So you have that schedule and, and you're looking at it. How, how do you start to go, oh, you know, I've got too much on my schedule, you know, this is normal. How do you evaluate your, your schedule, your calendar? Right. Well, I would say sometimes literally I can't fit everything in. Like it's literally impossible. So that's one easy way. If you say you want to do 5 million things and I can only fit in 1 million things, the other 4 million 
aren't fitting and we need to decide what to do with those. So sometimes it's incredibly obvious. Other times it's like you're having time for the tangibles, but not the intangibles. So oftentimes when I work with people that have a lot of meetings at work, like people that are managers or executives, they have so many meetings back to back, they don't have any time to get work done during work. And so for them, it's about saying you need to create blocks of time in your schedule during the week where you can get focused work done. If you're not creating that and saving it, you're always going to end up working at night. You're always going to end up working on the weekend and that's not healthy for you. So it's about finding out what's going on there. And then also recognizing how much downtime you need. So like a example I have for my own life this last weekend. Um, I love to volunteer at church. I volunteer in the nursery with the little babies. They're so cute. Um, And so I love doing that. I do that once a month. I'm happy to do that once a month. And this last week, I think it was on Thursday, Thursday or Friday, I got an email that was like, hey, could you possibly volunteer this Sunday because the the regular person couldn't and I had already volunteered this month. And if I had nothing in the afternoon on Sunday, because I do like to take a Sabbath and more rest, I probably would have said, yes, sure. Like, I'll come to the early service to attend church and then at the later service, volunteer in the nursery. But I knew that I had a busy, a very busy day on Saturday. And then on Sunday that I had a volunteer commitment that would take a while in the afternoon. So if I started by going to the early service then volunteered at the second service, and then in my volunteer commitment, I would be going almost nonstop from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., and that just wasn't going to work. So I just said, you know, I really appreciate it, but I'm just not able to take that on this weekend. And so it's just understanding that we need to have that balance in how much energy you can give out and how much energy you need to conserve for the other things that you're going to do. Let's let's dig into that because you basically said no in a very polite, yep. wonderful yep. way. But so many people who are feeling overwhelmed just don't know how to say no. So can you walk us through maybe how you coach a client to mm-hmm. empower themselves to say no? Yeah, well, I mean, I think first of all, it's good to recognize the fact that like there's cert- there's like certain situations where we can't say no but not that many. So, so for example, a few situations where you probably shouldn't say no. If it's something having to do with your core job responsibility and it's during work hours, you shouldn't probably be saying no. Like that's something that you are getting paid to do. So that is an appropriate ask. And so that's something that we do. If it's something involving your kids and they're like bleeding or They need to get picked up from school. You shouldn't say no to that. They really need you. So there are certain things in life where the answer needs to always be yes. But there's a whole bunch of other things where there's lots of room for negotiation, either a not now or no. So, for example, let's say in the work situation, maybe you have a bunch of projects on your plate and you have your core work you're getting done, but then you're asked to take on a special project And it is something that you can do, but maybe you just can't do it this week because you have deadlines and five other things. That's a situation where you can have a discussion with the person assigning it to you to say, I am happy to take this on. I have five deadlines this week. Can we make the deadline next week or the week after? And so it's a soft no of just, I'm not doing it right now, but can we do it later? Um, In regards to different things with your family, Again, if someone's bleeding, if there's some major emergency, you need to take care of it right away. But let's say your kids have something that they want to show you. It's not urgent and you just have 20 minutes till you finished up a project and they're doing remote school or something like that. It's okay to say, hey, I want to be able to give you my full attention. I just need 20 minutes. I'm going to wrap this up and then I'll give you my full attention. Um, Or in the case of some personal things where you really do have total autonomy, like me with this volunteering commitment, you just have to think about what's healthy for me. Like, what can I handle without resentment? Like, that's one of the big things I always ask myself. And I just recognized I was going to be really, really tired and exhausted and not really have a break if I took on this additional volunteer responsibility. And so based on that, I communicated, I appreciate you asking, but I'm just not able to take that, that on 
this weekend. And you don't have to give explanations in a lot of cases. You can just say, I already have a commitment or I can't do this right now. And that's okay. Like, just like it's okay for other people to say no to you. So I'm hearing that the first step in being empowered to say no is to fully understand your schedule and your commitments so that it's just not a, oh, this person's always been so great or they need me, I'll say yes. The first step is let me see at the, the balance in my schedule. Can I move things around? What, what comes next? Is that how you sort of do it? You, you have your, your calendar and, and you look at that first? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just like finances. If you don't have the money to pay for something, you're going to go into debt if you buy it. So every time you make a time commitment, it has a cost. And so you want to see how much money do I have in my time bank this week or this month? And is this something that I can afford to pay for? And if not, the answer is no. I really like that concept of a, a time bank because all of us have only the same number of hours in a day and all of that. And it's, you know, a, just like money, it's a choice of, of how we're going to spend it, how we're going to use it. So um, we are going to take a very, very, very short break and then come back and continue our, dis- our discussion with um, Elizabeth. And I think we'll build up on this concept of how to have that calendar and how to use that calendar to... Um, help you say no. So um, stay with us. We're going to be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career, from how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back. This is Lorraine Beeman, and my guest today is Elizabeth Saunders, and we are talking about time management. Right before the break, um, we were talking about looking at your time the same way you look at your money, um, budgeting, how you spend it, because some of us just think of time as endless, and yet really we only have so many hours um, a day to commit, to spend on activities. And Elizabeth shared that she's actually um, written a book on the topic, and then I'm just going to ask her to share about her book and some of the, the points that she made in that, that book. Sure. So I've written three books and my second book is called How to Invest Your Time Like Money and that's published by Harvard Business Review. And it's a shorter book, so it's a really easy read, only a little over 60 pages. And it's really doing a deep dive into your time allocation. So taking a look at if you have realistic expectations 
and then how to make what we call a base schedule. So that's basically an outline of your fixed expenses that you have in your life. So for example, taking time to sleep or a certain number of hours that you work or the length of your commute, those sorts of things. And then also diving into daily and weekly planning. And the idea behind it is that like Lorraine said, we all have the same amount of time, but some people get a lot more done than others. And it's not even always about getting more done, like more checked off the list, but they get the right things done that really make a difference and really make their life better. And so that whole book is really about looking at how to be strategic with your time and then make, making sure that you're investing in the highest value activities so you're really getting that return on investment. And I'm assuming just like budgets, you allow some time for things like vacations and mm-hmm. personal. Yeah, absolutely. All that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You need to have time every week for recharging and renewing, I think preferably on a daily basis to have self-care. And then I'm a big advocate of taking vacations. And I would particularly encourage people, because I know this last year has been so weird for so many, that if you can, even like getting away someplace closed for a long weekend can make a big difference psychologically. I know for me last year, I didn't take vacation in the spring because of everything going on, but then in the summer, I was able to get away. I felt so much better, just even like a three-day or four-day weekend somewhere where you just have a change of scenery, relax, laugh, do whatever you enjoy doing on vacation. It's just huge in terms of your mental health. So let's talk about that person who says they're too busy to take time for themselves. They're too busy, too busy. And there is, we talked about sort of a cultural value of being very busy. And there's that thing about, oh, ask a busy person because they can get it done. Let's talk about the fact that it's okay not to be busy, you know, Mm -hmm. every waking hour. Yeah, well, I would say that, first of all, it's just not sustainable. Um, So I'm very focused on sustainability with my business and with my life. And so even like in how I organize my schedule, I usually start work between about 8.30 and 9. And then I wrap up between about 5.30 and 6. And then I do coaching calls between about 10 and 5.30. And then on Wednesdays, I don't do coaching calls. I do project work I need to get done. And I build that all so that when I'm working, even if I have very busy days where I'm on the phone most of the day, I have an end time. I'm able to recharge and do other things I enjoy in the evening. And the weekends are off. And so it's just, I'm sustainable. I, I'm definitely getting things done. I'm definitely working hard, but I'm taking that time to to relax and do other things. And so if you're someone that's just always busy, always on working from the time you get up until the time you go to bed with no change, you just start to be less productive because even though you're doing a lot of work, you're tired, you're inefficient, you're more likely to want to go on social media or do other distracting activities because you feel like you never get a break versus me. Like when I'm working, I'm working and it's not a problem. Like I know in the morning I have my time to get centered, to go swimming, to read my Bible, to pray, to do the things I want to do. And I know at night I'll have time for things that are important to me. So there's no reason for me to procrastinate during the day. Like it's, just the time to get work done. And so I think when you're you're crazy busy, you need to take a step back and say, first of all, are there some things I just need to say no to and take off my schedule and off of my plate? Secondly, do I need to set better boundaries between work and life or in other ways? And then thirdly, do I need to just pace myself differently? So maybe not everything has to get done today or this week or even this month. You just want to keep moving forward, but at a pace where You can have downtime. And for me, like I love to be outside or exercise or spend time with my friends or family. So that's my downtime. Maybe other people have other things they enjoy. But figure out what really rejuvenates you so that you can be fresh and ready to work the next day. And I think that's a good point that both the self-care and the fact that when you're constantly working, your productivity really goes down. So that might be something folks out there listening going, but I'm working, you know, 12 hours a day. Look at your productivity, you know, Mm -hmm. that I, you know, one of the things they say is the most productive day you have is the day before vacation because you're so excited. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you've built in like, I'm really excited because at five o'clock, I'm going to transition. It's not like an endless, an endless day. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like little kids when you tell them 
that if they clean their room, they can go play with their friends. Like all of a sudden a fire five hour task turns into a 15 minute one because they're motivated. And I would say it's the same thing. Like, I don't think maybe for short periods of time, people can work 12 hours a day, but over the long haul, you just can't sustain that. And you're probably wasting a lot of time because you're just tired. Yeah. So for those of us that, that uh, listeners that are out there just, you know, waking up in the morning and working till they drop into bed at night, how can we help them change that routine? What are important routines that help you get more done? And Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, I think it's good to figure out what's what schedule works for you. Not not everyone needs to have a schedule the same as mine. I'm just going to put mine out there as like an example, but seriously fine for people to, to use a different template. So I get up at 5.15 because I swim at 6 a.m. So I get up at 5.15, read my Bible, um, do some prayers. I'm getting ready. I swim from 6 to about 6.50, and then I'm home by about 7.15. And then I get ready for the day, um, get the house in order, all of that. And then I usually start working around 8.30 at the latest 9. And then I wrap up between about 5.30 and 6. And then I have various commitments in the evening that vary kind of evening by evening. Um, That works for me. And so you just kind of need to realize, like, what works for you. Like, do you like getting up really early and exercising and doing things before work? Um, Or are you someone that does better like other people, like they wake up at eight o'clock and they start work at 8.05. Like that's what works for them. And they'd rather do things later at night. So number one, just figure out kind of what overall schedule works for you, for you to be in a good place. Um, Number two, this is something that actually came up on Twitter recently, is you need to figure out what you actually would want to do other than working. So someone made a comment that, well, if I'm not working, I would just be watching Netflix. So I might as well just work extra you really need to figure out some other activities you enjoy doing because watching lots of Netflix is actually not going to refresh you. It just makes you more tired anyway. Um, So the kinds of activities that tend to make people healthy and happy, taking time to exercise, taking time to be outside, um, if you enjoy cooking, doing that, reading, being with friends and family, prayer and meditation, journaling, volunteering, doing a creative hobby. Um, Some of my coaching clients have been learning to play piano. Like, Doing something that is truly recharging for you will give your batteries what it needs to be in a good place and work again. Watching more than like an hour or two of TV is actually more draining than refreshing. So you're not helping yourself at all, actually, if you like do some big binge thing every night. It's not a relaxing or refreshing activity for you. Um, So you need to figure that out. And then you want to plan your schedule so that you can get that done. So I advocate that my coaching clients do daily and weekly planning. With weekly planning, they're looking ahead, like it sounds, a week, figuring out when their main projects fit in. So like, for example, for me, um, I have more meetings today. Tomorrow is a very heavy meeting day. Um, Then I have some other commitments Wednesday. So my main project that I'm getting done this week, I know has to happen on Thursday. And I've blocked out time Thursday because Friday also has quite a few, quite a few coaching calls. Um, And so I know in advance, like if I'm going to get this project done, this is the day it needs to happen. And this is when for me to have it happen. I'm not worried about it. I'm not going to work crazy late today or tomorrow because I know there's a place for it but I also have reserved the time. And so by doing that weekly planning, adjusting daily to make sure that you're um, staying aligned, that's what gives you the ability to stop, to take time off, because you know everything has a has a place and that you're not afraid it won't get done if you don't work really late. So uh, I have the visual image of this great plan. You, you worked it out um, on a calendar, either electronic or paper. You've got everything patched together. It's sort of like a New Year's resolution. This is what I'm going to do. How do you get yourself to actually work the plan? Yes. (laughs) Good question. So I'm someone who actually like naturally, I just tend to do what's on the plan, maybe a little too much. Like I'll be like, it's on my list. I want to get it done. But I have lots of coaching clients that are not like me. Like if everyone's like me, I wouldn't have a business. So, um, so anyway, I have lots of coaching clients. They have a beautiful plan and then they do not follow through on the plan. And so that's why they're working with me to get better at the actual follow through. Um, so in regards to that, first of all, you need to figure out why you're not following through what's going on. Um, sometimes it's a boundaries issue. So you have a lot of ad hoc requests that come through, through email or Slack or some other chat app. And in those cases, sometimes you just need to turn them off during that hour or two that you have set aside for the work you're going to do. 
most things, like unless you're in the medical field, aren't so urgent that someone's literally going to die without hearing from you. So you've got to just shut out the noise and be like, no, this is what I'm doing right now. And when I'm done with this thing, then I will attend to these other responsibilities. If you tend to have a lot of kind of last minute things that come up, that means just plan an hour or two of margin into your day. Don't pack your schedule so tight thinking you can plan everything. You have to have an hour or two for those unexpected if that's just part of the lifestyle of your work. So that's one strategy. Um, another strategy is if you struggle with social media addiction is to use app blockers. So a lot of my coaching clients have started to use these. You can have them on your computer, on your phone, on your iPad, tablet, whatever you use and basically you set up rules where certain social media sites, certain websites are blocked from you during certain hours of the day. So even if you wanted to look something up or check something, you couldn't. And so just making sure that you've got those parameters in place when your willpower is high. So when your willpower is low, uh, you're not tempted to, to go do those things. So that helps a lot. Um, and then another strategy that can really help is having a buddy to work with. So it's been just harder for people to work remotely and a lot of people are still doing that. So you could do something where you have a virtual work session with a friend or a colleague where you both get on video and do your work at the same time. There's even a special service that can help facilitate that called Focusmate where you just sign up for Focusmate sessions. You can sign up whenever you want, any time of the day or night because there's people all over the world that do this. And you just say, for example, Tuesday from 2 to 3, I want to work on that presentation. You sign up for a Focusmate session. At the beginning of the session, you tell your little Focusmate buddy what you're going to do, and they tell you what they're going to do. And then you just both work quietly, like you're doing different things. And then at the end of the hour, you report back on how it went. And so there's more and more things like that where you can literally have someone sitting with you right there helping hold you accountable. If you need that, get it. Like none of this, there's no shame around, oh, I'm tempted by social media or I have trouble focusing when I'm the only one person working around me. Um, get that support in place and, and help yourself where you need it. It's not about having to have super willpower all the time. It's just about getting things done. I think uh, first thing that comes to mind is like dieting. It's so much easier to be on a diet when you're with a friend who's encouraging mm -hmm. you than just sitting there with you in your refrigerator. And, uh, exactly, exactly. So I think we've used the, the model of budgeting and, you know, having, having a support system. When we um, get to that, though, the day is dragging on, how do you keep your energy and your motivation during, during the day? I mean, the focus me is great if you plan ahead, but you're just working along and then suddenly it just hits like. Right. Show me social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just really tired. Well, part of it is figuring out what you actually need. Um, so maybe you're just hungry. Like some of my coaching clients forget to eat. So if you haven't eaten lunch, eat something. Um, sometimes you just need some physical activity. I have a standing sitting desk, so I tend to be okay during the day. But especially if you have to sit all day long, maybe you just need to get up and go walk around the block. And it's just your back is hurting because you've been rigid in one place for so long. Um Maybe you need a glass of water because you're dehydrated. Maybe you just need to take a quick nap. Um, so the, if you take a short nap, like one that's just 15 or 20 minutes long, you don't tend to have foggy head. So lay down, take a quick nap, let yourself get what you need, and then come back in the game. So that's a way to just keep going throughout the day. Of course, we don't want to nap all day long every day, but one in the afternoon is perfectly acceptable. And then if you're just finding you're just slogging along with your work, another technique that's really popular is something called Pomodoros. So that's where you do 25 minutes of focus work and then a five-minute break. And there's all kind of Pomodoro timers. You can find them online. You can actually buy physical Pomodoro timers that have that 25-minute uh, timer. Or you could do it on your phone. It really doesn't matter how you do it. But the concept is that you turn things into mini sprints where for 25 minutes you're really focused on a particular thing. And then you take five minutes to do whatever you want to do. And then you come back and do it again. Um, so sometimes you just need to break things down into littler chunks instead of telling yourself, oh, I need to be really focused for the next three hours. And what I love about you, well, there's two sets of advice, but one is to take care of yourself, to get up 
to move, to drink water. I think we sometimes get so wrapped up in our projects, we think, I can't take a break, I can't take a break. Whereas taking a break, it sounds like we are saying, is the best thing you can do, get up and walk. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I really like the idea of working in sprints because, again, in this COVID period where it seems like there's no beginning and end to, to time periods, then, then you've got that, that focus. So um, are there any other thoughts on reducing stress and creating meaning in life that you'd like to share? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think a lot of it is just also just keeping life in perspective. Um, and this is something, so I've written three books. My first book is called How to Invest Your Time Like Money. I'm sorry, that was actually my second book. My second one is How to Invest Your Time Like Money. Um, my first is The Three Secrets to Effective Time Investment. And then my third is Divine Time Management. And in Divine Time Management, I talk about the concept of having trust in God at the center of your time management. Um, for me, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. For other people who aren't Christians, maybe they want to think about it more as like trust in the universe or that things work out or that sort of thing. But part of why we get so stressed and we can have lives without meeting is we're trying to control everything all the time. And we think we can control everything. And so, for example, some people start into time management and then they get all paranoid. Like, oh my gosh, I made this goal and I made this plan and everything has to be perfect or the whole universe is going to fall apart. And you just have to let go. You can't live your life like that all the time. And I'm not usually like that. But even last week, I noticed I had these monthly goals and I had a plan for the evening and some things I wanted to do personally. And I was getting behind. I could tell like I was getting anxious about it. And I was just like, Elizabeth, it's okay. Like, yes, you want to get this done this week. But if it doesn't get this done this week, it's okay. Like, it's fine. You made the goal. You get to decide when it gets done. If it, if it doesn't even get done this whole month, nothing terrible will happen. And so just keeping that perspective of, yes, we want to be focused. Yes, we want to be productive. But ultimately, we want to be calm. We want to be peaceful. We want to invest in our relationship with the people around us. That's really meaningful to us. If we have a spiritual life, invest in our relationship with God or whatever that looks like. And the other things that just bring us joy. Maybe it's going on a walk to see the sunset or taking that time to read a book you just absolutely love and savor your breakfast. That's the kind of stuff that you remember and makes you happy, not that you checked everything off your to-do list every single day. So I really think that's so important to not lose perspective on what actually makes you happy at the end of your life, which you'll actually remember, which most of the time, so many of the things on our to-do list we would not even remember like a year from now, let alone 50 years from now. So make time for the things that at the end of your life you look back and be like, I'm really proud I did that or that really mattered and take time to invest in those things. I think that's very good advice. Um, and we're going to take a really short break, but when we come back, I'd really like to talk about weaving in those important life goals. Um, we've talked a lot about day by day and, and planning. And I love the fact taking control, being able to say no. So we've kind of built in um, space. And when we come back, we're going to talk about weaving in um, career goals, life goals, so that part of your plan is that you're working towards that, not that you're totally focused on today's tasks. And right. then tomorrow's task. So um, listeners, please stay with us. Um, we'll be right back and we'll continue our, di our discussion. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career. From how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview2work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back to our conversation with Elizabeth Sanders. Before we... um took the break. I promised you that when we came back, we'd talk about how to put into your schedule, your time management, some of your long-term goals. And that may be that you want to go to Europe in five years. It may be that you want a promotion. It may be that you, you know, want to take a bigger role. Whatever your goal is, Elizabeth has given us a great model for planning our days, how to take breaks, how to take care of ourselves. So, after that, I think we're ready to tackle the, the big goal. So, Elizabeth, why don't you share with us how you would coach someone through setting a large goal and working on it? Absolutely. I'm happy to. So, first of all, I think a lot of times people don't define and break down large goals. And I think that's a lot of the reason that they're not accomplished. It's not necessarily that you don't have time, although sometimes you don't. Um, but a lot of times it's just you haven't really thought about it and you haven't put a place for it in your schedule. So I think the first step is defining what it is that you want to accomplish. Some people do this on an annual basis because of everything going on in the world in the last year. I think it's a usually a better idea right now, maybe like a quarterly basis or monthly basis. I personally definitely plan monthly goals and then sometimes I'll go out as far as quarterly, but in general don't have like my goals for every single month nailed down, especially in the midst of just lots of different things going on. Um, So first of all, you just want to make sure you have your goals. So I have a recurring reminder on my calendar at the beginning of the month to make my monthly goals. And I have that for the different parts of my life and my business. And then secondly, once you've defined what those goals are, so maybe it is working towards getting a certification that will help you to do more with your job or be prepared for a promotion. Or um, in my case, like I'm getting licensed to be a foster parent. So doing like foster care licensing, Um, or maybe it's that you own a business and you want to work on a new website or whatever it looks like. You want to define what those goals are and then literally find time in your schedule to work on them. So if it's a professional goal that is related directly to your work and you can do it during work hours, I would find chunks of time in your calendar that you're going to block out to get that done. If it's something not related to work, then you'll need to pick a few evenings where you work on it or time on the weekends to move it forward. So for me, a lot of my goals are related to things I want to get done outside of work. So usually Monday night for me is an evening where I don't make specific plans to be out of the house or run errands or do anything like that. It's a night when I can get things done, whether it's research or moving things forward or that sort of thing. And then I'll usually have at least some time on another evening to do something similar. And then usually on the weekend, I'll have at least a few hours to also move ahead these monthly goals. And then there's certain times like with my foster care licensing where I just needed to spend like a whole day working on paperwork and that sort of thing one of those days and the thing is that you can't necessarily get 20 things done at once that that's not possible especially if they're really big but you can actually get a lot done when you focus on a few at a time so I usually recommend with my coaching clients one or two 
larger professional goals, one or two larger personal goals a month, and then really focus on getting those done, whether that's reorganizing a closet or working on a certification or whatever that is, and then move on to the next ones once those are done. And that's really what I found to be most effective. I love that is the fact, again, we're putting ourselves first. We talked about you need to take care of you if you're going to take care of everybody else. And so you're taking care of your career, you're taking care of your, you know, your home, the, the people that you're relating to. So um, great advice. And for those of you that listen for, because you're making career transitions, is the idea of just building a little bit in, have that long-term goal. But again, hopefully everybody's going, oh, I'm going to start having a calendar where I block out time and block out that time. Because I don't know about you, Elizabeth, but if, if you haven't got a time, it just rolls over to the next week. Yes, yes, exactly. I think especially with these long-term goals, like I can say even in my own life, if I don't make it a monthly goal and it's something I don't particularly like to do or find easy to do, it won't happen. Like it'll get pushed for months and months and months. And then finally you just have to be like, no, this is happening this month. It's one of my monthly goals and I'm very goal oriented. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to make it happen. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it's dramatically life-changing to commit to just a few, but within a certain time period. And I can almost see you using this, um, this focusing, you know, 45 minutes focused on and then and take a break if it's, because if it's something you don't like to do, you, right. you run a game, you know, put your, you know. So. Right, right, exactly. Or sometimes I'll do like, okay, I'll spend an hour researching this and then I can do something that I find more fun and kind of have a reward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, important to reward yourself. You know, if, if, if you worked all morning on a project, take a break, right? Tr- treat yourself before you jump into the next one. So that is great. Um, how, you've talked about your books, but how can people find your books? How can they connect with you? How can they find out about your, your coaching? Absolutely. So my books are available wherever books are sold. So your local bookstore, you should be able to request it if it's not there. Um, of course, Amazon, Barnes Noble, all of that. I have all all three books are in digital form. My first and third are in paperback and my first and third are also in audio version. So that's what's available there. And then in terms of connecting with me, my website is reallife.e.com. And I'll spell that because I know it's a little confusing. So it's R-E-A-L-L-I-F-E and then another E as in elizabeth.com. So you end up with a double E at the end. Um, And there you can find out about my one-on-one coaching, group coaching programs, my books and different resources I have. And I also write lots of articles. So if you find me on LinkedIn under Elizabeth Grace Saunders, you'll probably find more articles than you ever wanted to read that I've written. (laughs) So I will tell our listeners, I am working through those articles and they are well worth the time. (laughs) Very, very informative. Now, we ask all of our guests to suggest an action our listeners can take immediately um, after the show to help them start developing a career advancing strategy. And I'm hoping everybody understands time management is a wonderful career management strategy. What would you like our guests to, uh, our listeners to um, try? Yeah, so what I would recommend is, number one, just define what you know is most important for you right now in your career process. So maybe it's revising your resume. Like you're not talking to anyone, you're not applying anything because you know your resume isn't ready and it's really stopping you. Maybe you've got your resume, your LinkedIn's perfect, everything. You just know you need to talk to people and network and you're not doing it. So whatever that is, define very clearly what's the number one most important thing and then put recurring excuse me, time in your schedule for like an hour a week even to start to make that a priority. Great, great advice. And again, that one hour a week, you find the time, you'll feel like you're moving forward, but you're not overwhelmed. You're not trying to spend an entire Saturday creating a a job search plan. I want to thank you for coming on and sharing such amazingly valuable um, advice and strategies. I know I've learned a lot. I know our listeners have. And again, I do encourage you to follow Elizabeth on LinkedIn. If she's written it, it's worth the time to, um, to write it. A little bit about our show next week. Our guest is Holly Shaw. She's an actress and an author. You know, you ask, why are we having an actress? You know, over the past few months, we've discussed interviewing strategies several times. 
And many of you have asked for more ideas about how to keep an interviewer interested when you're on Zoom, even when you're on the, the phone. And we we took those requests seriously. And so we've connected with Holly because she is an actress. She's also um, a coach that helps people do exactly what, what we've been asked to do is to connect, make that connection via Zoom so that folks go, oh, this is the person I, I want to hire. Um, I also um, want to tell our listeners how much we appreciate your feedback. Please keep the feedback coming. Again, we had Elizabeth as our guest because people were saying, I'm overwhelmed. I can't get it done. How can I get it done? And so, you know, we went after Elizabeth and she was so gracious to um, agree to come on the show. So if there are things that will help you advance your career, things that are issues, just go ahead and send me an email at careercentralhost at gmail.com. Um, you can also use that same address to be on the mailing list so you know what shows are, are coming up in advance. A uh, quick reminder that if you or someone close to you is facing a job loss, check out my book, Career Restart, Practical Advice for Surviving and Moving Forward After a Job Loss. It's available on Amazon. It's designed to be a very quick read so that you know how to handle those layoff meetings, and it ends with a strategy for transitioning into a new job. Um, being terminated, being laid off can make you feel very vulnerable as you start to um, start a job search, and we have written something that hopefully will keep you motivated, focused, and there's actually an entire section on managing your time during, during a job search. So combine that with what Elizabeth um, has shared with you, and you're going to be ready, ready to make that transition. A quick reminder of what Elizabeth has challenged us to do, and that is to clearly define the most important career goal that you have, and then find the time in your schedule to um, make baby steps towards it, maybe an hour, even a half hour, networking, LinkedIn. Again, take care of yourself and your career because, as I tell you every week, this is Lorraine Beeman. And I am encouraging you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do it. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Mm -hmm.